Welcome to this Convincing Matters chat entitled, Don't Lose Your Home to Fraudsters. Welcome to Convincing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. So, welcome to our Convincing Matters chat entitled, Don't Lose Your Home to Fraudsters. For those of you who don't know and don't watch us, because we're hoping to talk to a wider audience today, uh, Stu and I have been doing Convincing Matters for a couple of years now, haven't we, Stu? I'm a solicitor and legal trainer. Tell the uh, tell our lovely audience a little bit about yourself before we jump into property fraud. Right, okay. So I'm what's called a licensed conveyancer. So that's a, a specialist in property law and generally people that are selling and buying houses. Yeah, and Stu and I got together. I do lots of property training and I'm a solicitor specialising in property work. And uh, we've been talking to the conveyancing industry for the last couple of years now about, about all things conveyancing. Mm-hmm. But the issue of property fraud and particularly fraudsters selling somebody's, you know, selling a property that doesn't belong to them comes up a lot in the news. So we thought, Stu, didn't we, that we would perhaps uh, talk to the homeowner for a change on on conveyancing matters. Definitely. Well, it's a a growing area, isn't it, of of fraud in general. Uh, It's one of those that if somebody hits it lucky, they, they walk away with a hell of a lot of money. So it's something now that, yeah, has come more and more into the, the public eye, isn't it? It's been affecting law firms now for a while. And we're sort of targeted probably almost on a daily basis. Yeah. So it's time we sort of try to put more information out to the public. Yeah, absolutely. So who are we hoping is going to be watching and listening to this Convincing Matters chat, Stu? Anyone that owns a property. Simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. Any homeowner. But I think it's fair to say that properties that are particularly at risk and if you fall into these categories, you should prick up your ears. You know, perhaps you work away from your property or you're a property investor or, of course, perhaps a buy to let landlord. Um, You know, if you're not concerned about property fraud yet, then frankly, you should be. Um, and Stu, we reported a year ago now, didn't we, in November 2021 about the uh, about the Luton vicar who lost his home. It was widely reported, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, a, I suppose, a case that was in the press that, that brought property fraud uh, to the forefront of a lot of people's minds. Um, and I think there was a lot of surprise that actually it could happen. That's probably the biggest thing that came of that case, isn't it? The shock that actually you could lose the property that you own, something that you know, you think bricks and mortar would be safe, but it's not always the case, is it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, fraudsters are getting more and more inventive. And, um, yeah, a Luton vicar who was working away, um, owned a property, uh, essentially went back to it to find somebody else living there who, who um, you know, who purportedly had bought it from a fraudster. I think what's interesting and, and worrying for homeowners and investors, Stu, is that a year on, from that story the BBC are reporting that the Luton vicar still hasn't got his house mm-hmm. back he's still fighting mm-hmm. for compensation and the police investigation is still ongoing so it's yeah. it's very much a situation to be avoided but uh, but you saw you know 12 months fast forward 12 months to uh, another uh, you know different type of fraud but um what was the one you saw more recently? Um, yeah, well, it was, a, it was a, case in, a case in Cambridge, wasn't it, where somebody was arrested, um, a tenant in a property, okay, so the exact kind of high-risk um, scenario that you outlined earlier, uh, whereby they changed their name, 
ID poll and obtained, you know, new ID, driving license, passports, whatever the case may be. And of course, because they did that officially, uh, they were the, the same name as the owner of the property and therefore were able to try and sell it. But luckily they got called, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, this tenant got jailed for trying to sell their landlord's three-bed house, as you say, in Cambridge. But uh, And I think, uh, you know, not that one, you don't want to put too many ideas in people's heads, but these days, too, you know, we have digital everything, but it is still surprisingly easy, actually, for someone, particularly if they're purporting to be a tenant, to, you know, get a new driving licence and basically rustle up identification documents that, that at least gives the impression that they're the property owner. But what I thought was... Um, interesting is is how uh, adaptable fraudsters are because in the case that you mentioned recently that the house in Cambridge the um the fraudster also created a fake estate agent and yeah. listed it online so uh you know those of you who are property owners who particularly you know don't live in the property invest you know have invested in property um you know you have to guard against the uh the inventiveness of fraudsters it must must be said and as Stu, you know you said conveyancing um firms have been at the forefront of this for a long long time but of course you know the Luton vicar would attest you know it can be a really long and stressful process for the homeowner to try to get their property and their money back even if they succeed um and of course the police is going to be involved there'd be a land registry investigation and of course the the bottom line for homeowners, Stu, is clearly it's better for them to avoid the situation in the first place, isn't it? Obviously, most definitely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what we wanted to do in this Conveyancing Matters chat, didn't we, Stu, was, um, was really try to talk to, uh, to property owners about the sort of steps that they can take to protect themselves from property fraud in the first place. Now, it's fair to say that nothing is completely fail-safe. Um, but nonetheless, um, it's worth it's worth uh, thinking about all of these things. And I sort of wanted to kick off the vast majority of of titles uh, that, that people have to their property are registered with an, an organisation called the Land Registry, probably uh, an organisation that pretty much everyone has heard for, heard of these days. And having title to your property means, you know, how you demonstrate that you own it. Um, and most titles, as I've said, are registered at the Land Registry, which is a government agency and it keeps a computerised record essentially of land ownership. But the, the, the more traditional form of land ownership is the unregistered system, uh, whereby somebody proves they own the property by producing documents of title. And it may be, mightn't it, Stu, that there are perhaps still some unregistered titles out there, particularly perhaps if you are... A personal representative and you are acting on you know you, you know your you, you recently deceased mum or dad's probate sale and they have got maybe still an unregistered title uh, and, and probate properties empty properties high value properties properties with no mortgage they are all at-risk properties so one of the first things you might want to do um, is actually sort of double check that your property, your title is registered at the land registry, um, and you can either ask your conveyancer to do it to, or, or indeed, um, you know, the homeowner can sort of uh, check direct with the land registry themselves. But and whilst most titles will be registered, uh, you know, it is worth just pointing that one out right at the very beginning. So, um, I think what also, else? Also, Lorraine, I think if you do own a property that is classed as unregistered, so you do have those title documents in a drawer somewhere you can actually apply to the land registry to, to upgrade the title and, and register it. Um, so definitely doing away with those old deeds and get it electronically registered at the land registry would only help. 
yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there are a couple of points to make there, of course. Um, that would be what's called a voluntary application for first registration. Most people these days would need a conveyancer to help them to do that. Uh, uh, but the one um, slight issue that I would raise, practical point, particularly right now, of course, is that those registrations can take a very long time at the moment. There are quite significant land registry delays with things like registering titles for the first time. So while, you know, it's not without its issues, if you are no. thinking of, um, uh, you know, it might be a good idea to register the title to to enable you to take advantage of these other things that Stu and I are going to talk about. That's great. But if you are also thinking of selling the property in the not too distant future, um, uh, you know, there could there could be a delay there at getting the registration done. And I think you, you know, you feel that pain every day, don't you, Stu? Unfortunately so. Yeah. And I think actually that there's also a suggestion that um, land registry staff have been balloted and they're going to go on strike. So that uh, know, that can only help the backlog of registration. Yeah, I know. Can you believe that's another story for another day, though? Isn't it? I think it is. That's another mm. in matters chats too. So what else can property owners do to try to protect themselves or minimise the risk of property fraud? Well, there's a number of things, isn't there, ranging from sort of complex that lawyers can deal with for you uh, right through to the real easy things. So I know it's going to sound absolutely you know, basic, but even visiting the property on a regular basis, checking in, I think as landlords become more comfortable with tenants, there's always that sort of, um, you know, feeling comfortable not viewing the property, but actually making those regular checks or enlisting the help of a managing agent that goes around to that property to check that all's in order is absolutely essential. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, keeping tabs on your property. If you yeah. do live in the locality of the property in question, uh, you know, drive past the basics, look for a for sale board, ask a neighbour to let you know of activity if you if you live some distance away. Um, you know, look for increasing visits to a property, possibly, an, a, you know, estate agents who've perhaps been instructed or, 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 or buyers coming round. Um, you know, it's. I think the problem for, for investors, Stu, is that it's easy to forget about your investment when that rent is rolling in, when everybody's got everything else to 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 cope with at the moment. Yeah. Um, and actually, Stu, uh, you know, why don't you tell our viewers about, um, perhaps not in full, because it's quite a long story, but, <laughs> uh, you know, about the... Uh, the you know the fraud that you came across um, uh, whilst yeah, you were we had one in the office. Was a relevant point there, wasn't it? Yeah, we had one in the office. Um, yeah, a good few years ago now. But um, there are elements of all the the fraud cases that we've kind of highlighted that that encompass in this one. And and basically, what happened in our scenario, we actually acted for um, somebody that was buying off somebody that wasn't a fraudster, just a normal seller. But they a few years earlier. They actually bought the property from a fraudster. Uh, that fraudster changed their name by Depot. So when they went into the law firm to uh, check all their ID to, to verify that they could sell the property, of course, it all passed because it was legit ID. They've actually gone to the uh, the effort to fake uh, to um, to establish a, a fake online estate agency. So the property was for sale on on that uh, website, uh, and of course they managed to sell it. Uh, they managed to sell the property. Um, and it remained sold for a good few years. And every month that tenant continued to pay the landlord uh, their monthly rent. So, of course, the landlord was completely oblivious to the fact the property had been sold. Uh, and subsequently, it was then sold to our client. Um, and it was only when the monthly rent stopped being paid that the landlord sort of knocked on the door and 
sort of said to our client, who on earth are you? Why are you in my my property? And uh, it went from there, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's the sort of clever thing, isn't it? That they sort of carried on. And just to point out that my, yeah, just to point out that my client actually lost their property as well. Although they were indemnified by the land registry, they did have to effectively move out. Um, so they did lose the property that they bought. Well, that's and actually when we did a conveyancing matters chat a year or so, Stu, about the Luton Vicar, I mean, that's one of the uh, maybe perhaps a little bit less significant to an investor on one level. If you're an investor watching this, because you might not have a, you know, a practical emotional connection to a property that's your home. But, uh, you know, as I say, if you're an owner and you're working away, you know, you could lose your home and all the memories that have been made there and everything else. And, and investors are often very clever and about where they choose their properties, the location, the, the rent yields and all the rest of it, which, of course, is possibly why that property has been targeted by a fraudster in the first place. So uh, I think it's yeah, I think it's a really good point, actually, Stu, that even if you get the money, <coughs> monetary compensation, yeah. uh, you know, you're you're potentially still going to actually not recover the, the bricks and mortar. So mm. just the basics around keeping tabs on the property, um, trying if you're an investor not to forget about the property when the rent's rolling in. Uh, I mean, another very basic thing that that people can do, of course, is to to, is to sort of periodically check with online estate agents, check with the right move and similar, just to make sure that your property isn't 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 listed somewhere. I mean, that's an incredibly basic thing you can do. You know, Google your address, Google your postcode, set yourself up an alert to do it every couple of months. Uh, it's not a difficult thing to do. It's something you can do in minutes that would be would be free. Um, another more sort of land registry type thing that, that, that people absolutely should do if they don't live in the property that they own, Stu, of course, is to keep what's called their address for service up to date. Uh, this yes. computerized register of, uh, of ownership that we've talked about not only records clearly who has the legal title to the property, but that register will can record up to three addresses <coughs> for um, for what we call service which means that if there is an issue about the property uh that's the address or the addresses that the land registry would use to contact the registered proprietor the owner um and i think lots of people just allow their conveyance so when they purchase a property to automatically put the property address as mm. the address for service but of course that could mean that the land registry is writing to the owner at the property when they don't live there so what the owner needs to do is to make sure that the property address their own home address is also an address for service and indeed one of the addresses because we can have up to three now it, it can be an email and the land registry um and any solicitor that's worth their salt any conveyance worth their salt would would communicate with the owner all three of those addresses so it's really important and actually you can ask your conveyancer to do that or indeed there's a there's a land registry form that enables you to get your, your address up to service yourself so uh, you know again completely free so what else um what else does the land registry offer to help yeah well, while, yeah, well while, while we're talking about the land registry they actually have their own sort of service i think it's called property alert isn't mm. it and it's completely free so again everybody will be silly not to uh, look at this service you can simply go online go onto the land registry's website and all you need to do is literally enter your property address on their portal Basically, any time somebody looks at the title to your property, you will receive an email notifying you that that's happened. Yeah, I mean, it's it's important. So if somebody tries to 
either use the property to raise money fraudulently or, of course, to sell it. Part of the conveyancing process, Stu, for the benefit of our viewers that don't know, is that the, a conveyancer involved would do a search against the property. That search would often be done before, usually be done before, um, uh, you know, the house had been actually um, uh, sold or uh, the mortgage created. So what that does would be to alert, it's called property alert, the clues in the title, it alerts the property owner to the fact that something is happening on their title. And if they're not expecting it to be happening, they need to contact the land registry straight away. Now, the property alert doesn't automatically block any changes being made to the register, no. but it does alert the property owner, hopefully to give them time to take it. <coughs> and that, for me, is one of the really big ones, isn't it? And, in, and property investors, I'm sure many people would know, but they need to do it. You know, it's, it's free. It's free, it's free and you can get alerts for up to 10 properties. Um, so, uh, you know, um, that's really important. And many more conveyances are now telling their clients about that. But um, but I suspect there's still lots of people out there who don't know. And as I say, members of the public can just go onto the Land Registry website, you know, Google property alert and you'll find it um, and do that for yourself. And, of course, there's a more sort of... Um, Slightly more technical one, Stu, isn't there? It's possible to it put an anti-fraud restriction on your register of title. And this does stop the land registry from registering uh, a sale, a change of ownership or a mortgage. Crucially, unless a conveyancer certifies that the sale or the mortgage was by the legal owner. So that is a higher level of protection um, because the conveyancer uh, acting for the, 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 the owner has to provide a certification to confirm essentially what they're saying is that they have carried out ID procedures yeah. and that they are satisfied that the party selling, which would be the owner, you know, is the party that signed that transfer. But of course, you, you know, you're a great fan of this as a property lawyer yourself at PCS Legal, but, uh, it, you know, it's not without its issues, is it? Well, it's not without its issues. It wouldn't potentially, um, you know, there's no guarantee that it, it, it will uh, fight a fraud, um, but it does go a hell of a long way to it. The issues you will have, though, uh, is number one, you've got to pay for it. Um, and you'd have to pay a lawyer to potentially put that on the title. But it is a good idea. You know, a restriction is what it sort of says on the tin. It restricts something happening. So if any lawyer that's acting for a potential buyer sees that on a title, they're going to raise questions about that restriction and a seller's lawyer would then have to answer them. So it really is highlighting to a would-be buyer and a seller's lawyer that you know this property has a, a lot more security surrounding it. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the things I think that property owners need to understand is because this restriction requires a certification from a conveyancing lawyer that essentially the seller is who they say they are, um, it's fair to say that some uh, conveyances aren't prepared to give that certification. So it can uh, cause some delays if somebody's trying to just remortgage a property or, or sell mm. it. Um, that's not a reason not to do it, but I do think it's important to sort of highlight the the upsides as well as the downsides. I think I think it's one of those. If you know that you have that restriction on the title to your property, you just have to be aware that it's there. And what that means is that when you are looking to refinance or remortgage or potentially sell, you need to address that restriction at the early stage, uh, not leave it 
until you're notified potentially by a lawyer that it's there because then time's of the essence and everything's really urgent so if you can deal with it at an early stage you stand a lot better chance of reducing those delays yeah absolutely and if of course the uh conveyancing firm acting for the legal owner either selling or remortgaging is carrying out their due diligence procedures properly well arguably they shouldn't have mm. any problem with giving the certificate and of course if a homeowner goes back to their usual conveyancing firm and there's already a relationship there, then it's probably not going to be a problem at all. But as I say, those restrictions have had a little bit of bad press here and there, so I think it's fair enough to point them out, Stu, but but nonetheless... Yeah, I I think it was the cost, isn't it? So, of course, you are paying for something, you know, to happen. When they first came out, of course, I don't think the fraud was as as highlighted, maybe, as it is now. So I think they, they fall into a category now where the they're a lot more fit for purpose aren't they yeah and um i think the land registry you know do encourage property owners to to do things themselves and i think property owners can you know there is a form that enables a property owner to put this restriction on the register for themselves um Mm. but if you ask a conveyancing firm to do it and frankly i would advise that you do so you know what's happening and you know it's done properly um then clearly there are going to be you know legal fees involved in that but they're not going to be astronomical are they Stu? No, no, no. A typical cost is going to be, I would suggest, somewhere between fifty and hundred pounds. Yeah. So, well, plus the dreaded old VAT. But, um, but so frankly, if you're a property owner, um, I, I would have thought that, uh, you know, that would be a pretty small, a pretty small fee to pay, plus potentially yeah. a small land registry fee to, um, to have this much higher degree of protection to, uh, to, to, to assist. And of course, if somebody unfortunately is a victim of property fraud, well, of course, they're going to have to alert the police. Uh, there's an action fraud line and they would also, if it's property fraud, specifically need to um, alert the land registry at reporterfraud at landregistry.gov.uk. We'll put that email address on the uh, on the uh, end of the video. But um, so, Stu, just to uh, recap then. So the steps that homeowners can take to try to protect themselves against property fraud, fraud check that your title's registered at the land yeah. registry in the first place. Do the basics, keep tabs on your property, ask neighbours to check if you're not local, check with the state, you know, the online estate agents, make sure your property's not being marketed. Uh, and what would be the three key summary then for the land registry steps, Stu? Um, well, we've just discussed the land registry, land registry restriction. So if you're in the middle of buying particularly, I would definitely advise everybody gets that on there, gets it on the title. Um, and you can apply independent if you're not buying. And of course, always use the property alert um, service that the land registry offer. The, the, the mere fact it's free, there's simply nothing to lose by putting your address on there. Yeah, absolutely. And make sure your land registry address for service on your register is up to date and includes yeah. your home address. And if you've got one that you, an email address, if you an use email it. address, I think, you know, we rarely as lawyers see email addresses on the title mm. to properties. Um, you know, more and more as we go on, you know, you'd, you'd think, People using email, it would be something quite simple, but rarely do we see that. And I think, you know, being alerted if there's a problem as early as possible is definitely an advantage. It is. I mean, the only slight caveat I would add to that, Stu, is that homeowners need to understand that the registers are matters of public, public record. Of course, yeah. So somebody can download your title, which, of course, is what makes fraud easier for fraudsters. So any details you have got on the register of title are available to anybody that wants to pay three pounds for a copy of your title so that's also worth remembering but it's up to homeowners to uh, you know to weigh up what's most important to them but uh well Stu, um i really hope that this has uh 
perhaps given people a little bit more of an insight into property fraud from a couple of property lawyers and crucially um, has given some people, you know, given homeowners some ideas of straightforward steps that they can take either themselves or in conjunction with their conveyancing firm to help them perhaps reduce the risk of being victim of property fraud. It's not to frighten everybody, is it? But it is a real risk that's out there today. Yeah, absolutely. As we've seen, and, you know, it's consistently reported on. Um, and as we've seen, you know, we'll perhaps finish where we started to do, you know, the poor old Luton vicar is, uh, you know, he's still without his home, still without compensation, and still in the middle of an investigation. So I think we'd all want to avoid that. So uh, as you say, Stu, frightening people isn't the... Um, isn't the attention informing people is so um so thanks very much for that Stu, and uh, thanks everyone for watching no take care bye bye